Are you there, God? It's us, Pit King and Becca Stevenson. Welcome to the Good Girls Gone Sad podcast. We are here to answer the questions, what made you good and what makes you sad? We started this podcast to dispel the rumor that good girls go bad. Sometimes they go sad, but mostly good girls go wherever we want. So we're here to unpack our religious drama together. And yes, that's right. We did say drama because the best parts of religion are performative. Just a reminder, as always, we are not here to bash. We're just here to bond over all the things that make us good girls, which of course is a gender neutral term. Yes, which is important because today we have, uh, I was going to say a little boy guest, but you're not a little, <laughs> little boy guest. You're not a little boy. He's not a little boy at all. Um, he is, though, a former live show participant, which we always appreciate. Another we reminder, we have live shows whenever we have them, so you have to stay very closely tuned. But you've seen him everywhere, HBO, BuzzFeed, and NYC is Dead with another former podcast guest, Aton Levine. Give it up for Drexton Clemens. Hey, I'm a little boy. <laughs> I was actually thinking you're probably like one of the only guests who probably passed the presidential fitness test. <laughs> I did pass the pre- presidential fitness. I thought so. <laughs> like, were you like the best in your class? Class? No, 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 no. I so I was the second worst track runner in the state of Georgia when I ran track uh, because oh, they like they, just they, bad in there. they you weren't even competing. They're just like this guy sucks at running. Terrible because I got a cramp halfway through the one race that they like measured, and like uh-huh. I was just like trying to yeah. So it was bad. But I played almost every sport um, in high school except for football and soccer. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I uh, yeah, I, you know, I ran that presidential fitness test. It, it sucked. Remember the beep one though? It was like beep. Yes, the beep. pacer test. The pacer <laughs> test. I love the pacer test because I just like being competitive with other people. So I was like, I don't have to be the fastest. I just need to last the longest. Interesting. Let people tire themselves out. And so then that became the challenge. The pacer was my favorite. I did not. I did not like the pacer test. Sid and I famously only liked the sit and reach (laughs) where you have to like touch your toes. (laughs) That's the only thing I could do well. And the sit-ups. I was okay at sit-ups. Sit-ups. I like the parachute. You know what I mean? The little... Oh, that always scared me though. Like when you put the parachute up and then you had to sit on it really fast, I was always afraid that I wasn't going to do it and that I was going to mess it up for everybody. Really? Okay, I... that, is actually, that is very, very good girl tendency. Yeah, I did not have a lot of fun with the parachute. I was like, I'm going to get trapped and suffocate and mm-hmm. I'm going to bring experience for everybody. That's Becca and I are on the same page with that. Yeah. Oh, because you had to sit inside of it, didn't you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you had to sit like all at the same time. I mean, I'm sure you, I'm sure there was more leeway than I was giving myself, but right. felt like yeah. a lot of pressure. No, my favorite was when you had to run underneath it. So everyone oh. pulled it up and then you had to run underneath it. And I was like, it's going to follow me, you know, but you know, Jim was, Jim was a lot of fun. I actually really enjoyed Jim. Like dodgeball was a lot of fun. Oh no. Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. Drex. And the thing about it is like, I was never like, I was like a pretty small kind of linky little kid. You know what I mean? Like I was never like, oh my gosh, I'm so muscular, blah, blah, blah. Like it was never that. I just really liked moving around. I, I, I didn't like sitting down in class or anything like that. So I was like, all right, put me in gym. Let me run around a little bit. That was a lot of fun. Well, that's good. Cause I think that's what they have PE class for. So I'm yeah, glad yeah. if Sid and I weren't getting anything out of it, I'm glad you were. Like you ever play badminton? 
yeah okay I did it we never played that in school but I did like racket sports as my like fitness class that you had to take in college and badminton was so fun and I was like absolutely the worst in the class (laughs) that's so funny I took badminton as an elective in college and I was like this is the most fun I've ever had my entire life I'm just wiffle balling (laughs) whatever it was so much fun because it took it doesn't take a lot of skill like it's not it's not hard to play the game and you don't need a lot of strength it is hard to be good at like I'm not denying that but it's like it's like the piano like anybody could most people can just like press the keys right takes a lot to be very good at it but low barrier to entry that's my whole vibe low Mm -hmm. barrier to entry. and you can't really get hurt in badminton whereas like racquetball or something is like terrifying (laughs) and that's the reason I didn't play football or soccer or anything like high contact because I was like I'll run around all day right hit no I'm good I'm good on that yeah balls falling at my face was not my thing yeah still not not my thing because because you're a good girl and and that's good that goes against the the concept that goes against the ideology you know basically yeah yeah Well, we are ready to just dive right in. If you would like to tell us, um, what is your good girl origin story? What made you a good girl? What made or me a good little boy? Excuse me. Hey, hey, hey. Drex is like, I'm very fit for all the listeners. I know you can't see me. It's, it's so weird. It's, it's so weird because the way that we're we're saying good girl and good little, it's just, it's, there's a lot happening. Anyway, so what I'm saying. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I, I grew up, uh, I grew up like very sheltered. I think that's really kind of what it is. Both my parents were in law enforcement. My dad was a cop. My mom works for the FBI. And so, um, I just kind of grew up in this little bubble of like, not knowing a lot of things because they were good at like, not like, I remember in second grade, everyone was talking about sex. They're like, sex this, sex that. And so I go home and I'm like, mom, dad, what's sex? And they pull out a dictionary and they pulled a definition too, which is uh, the uh, gender. And so they go like, sex is the difference uh, anatomically between a boy and a girl. And then, so I go back to school the next day and I'm like, guys, I figured it out. We <laughs> did this shit. All right. It's the difference between a boy and a girl. And they're like, no, it's blowjobs. It's like, you know what I mean? Like, and you're like, I oh, I gotta look that up when I get home now. Right. Too. <laughs> and I can't go home. I can't go back home and be like, mom, dad, what's a blow? You know what I'm saying? So like, I'm just like, yeah. so I, I, and it was so funny because they would just do that for every, we would go on like vacations or we would uh, go, I'd be like, oh, I want to go see like the city of Atlanta. Cause I grew out, grew up outside of Atlanta and they would take me to like the nicest part and be like, we're going to stay in these four blocks of the city and we're going to walk around this like part and then we'll say we've been in Atlanta and then we're going to go back home, you know? And I'm like, wow, Atlanta's nice. There's nothing like wrong. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, uh, and so like it, it, it took me like leaving the house later on to like really like explore like life and like being unsheltered and things like that. That's so I, okay. I knew your dad was a cop because you talk about it a lot in comedy. Mm-hmm. I did not know your mom worked for the FBI. Yeah. Yeah. It still does. Wow. That's intense. What, are you allowed to say <laughs> like how does the FBI work can you say what you do yeah I mean uh she bounces around a lot sometimes she's a financial analyst sometimes she works in you know uh like an, as an administrative assistant at one point she was uh a vetter meaning like 
uh, if you came into the FBI with information, she would vet you, like look up, like, you know, your background and all that first. And sometimes there would be fun stories because like sometimes it'll be like, hey, I heard these people talking and something just didn't sound right. So I recorded it. What do you guys think? And then other times it'll be like some guy coming in being like, hey, guys, I figured it all out. Everyone in the government is a lizard. All right. <laughs> and and I've got proof. Look at this man's face. It's scaly. And that's why he's a lizard. And like, the, and then she would be like, please get out of the office. And like, that was her job. But the FBI building in Atlanta is wild. There's a lot of things that like the building just naturally does. Like when you walk in, they create like walking in the door, your phone is already copied onto their server. What? Yeah. How? Every text message, every picture, every everything in your phone on their server already. Then if you take any pictures inside the building, they show up immediately in your phone black. Wait, how? No. That sounds like magic. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. When they told That's me that, I was like, you to think, Becca. Yeah, I guess so. Wow. Right? I was like, I don't know how they do this. This is crazy. Like, I wanted to test it out. They wouldn't let me. You know what I mean? But like, because I'm sure it, it flags you in the system too. It's like, I'm just doing it for the bit. And they're like, there are no bits. This is the FBI. <laughs> FBI, get out of here. And then now I'm on the watch list forever. Like, I'm just getting random, you know, uh, emails just being like, you should click this. And if you don't, like, we've got your family. You know what I mean? Like, so I don't. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So the FBI building is a lot of fun. And I used to go there a lot as a kid, just like walk around, tour, and things like that. And then also, I had to like call my parents every time that I came home. Um, from school. And so my dad has his number, but I have to call my mom at work. So I had to call the FBI, like government building every day and be like, hi, can I, can I speak to my mom? And they're like, yeah. Yeah. I love that. I know that the number is not 911, but I'm just envisioning you like getting home from school, dialing 911 and being like, hi, 911. It's me, Drax. I'm home from school. So my little sister actually did that three times. So uh, my dad, like I said, was a cop. So my my sister learned in school. She's four years younger than me that the police were 911. So I remember like getting home and being like, I'm going to cook us some lunch or like, you know, some snacks or whatever. And she's like, but I don't want that snack. I'm like, well, dad put me in charge. So I'm making these snacks. And she's like, well, I'll just ask dad myself. I'm like, how? Like he's not home. And then all of a sudden, 10 minutes later, five police cars are outside of our house. Because if you call from a cop's house, they put it to top priority. Right. Right. So five police are, uh, cars are surrounding our house being like, are y'all okay? And my little sister was like, I didn't want Pop-Tarts. I wanted <laughs> potato chips. And I have to be like. <laughs> Honestly, I respect that. You know, sometimes a snack situation is urgent and you need what you need. Yeah. That, so, that sounds like something DW and Arthur would do. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, Wait, absolutely. so does that mean that both of your parents were like trained to spot liars? Oh, mm, I hope so. I, you <laughs> know, uh, I, I will, I will say I've never lied to my parents, so I don't know. Uh-huh. You're who like, knows? it's not even worth it. So I, guess, I yeah. yeah. So who knows if they can tell if I'm lying? You know. Um, but I can't tell if you're lying now. I can't tell if you're being sarcastic or not. Who know, who's to say? Dress's <laughs> mom might be watching this very call. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, it's so black. funny. They were, what? I said the screens are all going to show up black. 
Oh, absolutely. Right. Everything just immediately. I think that they were probably both trained to spot liars really, really well. But me and my little sister are their darlings. uh, So they could never tell if we were lying and we were we were good at it. Oh, I'll tell you the one time that we did lie. And then I got in trouble. Um, I was teaching my little sister how to drive in our neighborhood. And the only reason I was teaching her how to drive is because I was teaching my baby cousin who was a year older than her, which means she had her learner's permit, which means she could have been taught how to drive. And my little sister got jealous and she was like, I want to drive. I'm like, you don't have a learner's permit, so you can't. She's like, no, let me try, please, whatever. So I'm like, fine, we're just going to drive around the neighborhood real quick. And then we're going to pull into the driveway and then you're done. And that's it. It's the whole thing. So we're driving around the neighborhood. And some guy is watering his plants and she hits his arm with the mirror of the car. Right. And he's like, Hey, Hey, stop. And she just perfect driving, by the way, pulls off, pulls into the driveway, closes the garage door, parks it perfectly and looks at me. And she was like, don't tell dad. Right. And I'm the oldest. <laughs> I should have been like, no, we're telling dad this is a situation. You just hit and run somebody. Yeah, that's a hit and run. Yeah. Right. You're like, dad's going to get a call, whether it's from us or, or someone else. Right. Yeah. And so she's like, no, don't tell dad. Like, we're going to keep this as a secret and we're going to be fine. And so we walk in the house and I'm like, my dad is like making lunch. And he's like, hey, guys, how's, how was the pool? How's your day? And my little sister looks at me like, don't fucking tell dad anything and my cousin's just sweating she's like i'm gonna go upstairs just runs upstairs and then my little sister's like we had a great day the pool was fun you know drex taught my cousin how to drive and what what a good day it was and dad i love you i just wanted to say i love you and that's fine and just know that i love you and we're gonna go upstairs and we're gonna hang out and like calm cool serial killer collect it she goes upstairs five minutes later the doorbell rings it's the police Right. And they're like, hey, your kids have been involved in a hit and run and the guy is pissed. And uh, so my dad goes outside to talk to him for five minutes, goes outside. Then he comes back in and he calls me downstairs, really calls everybody, specifically me. And he goes, Drex, were you teaching Sierra how to drive? Yes. Were you in the car when she hit this man? Yes. Why didn't you tell me? She told me not to tell you. So you're telling me your younger sister told you the oldest not to tell me okay cool just checking um well you hit some guy he's pissed you have to go to jail um so here's the thing i want to bail you out i I just started this new job at this pizza restaurant so i just got my first check right he goes i want to bail you out uh i you just got paid right i was like yeah he goes give me that check so i can bail you out so i go bring him down the check and he goes oh by the way and this is the middle of the summertime it's really cold in prison why don't you go put on a sweater right and the only sweater I had was this zip down turtleneck Argyle sweater. Cause I'm a good boy. Right. <laughs> right. Right. And I put it on and I come downstairs in the sweater and my shorts. Um, and I'm like, I'm ready for jail. And my cousin is bawling. She's like, Oh my, Oh my God, my cousin's going to jail. My sister stone faced, uh, just being like, sometimes you got to go to jail. And <laughs> Like, not me though i'm doing right fine. right i don't know why i don't know why you would do that i'm just a baby so right like you were in charge of the car you you are you were in charge of this so i guess you have to go to jail and so the officer puts the handcuffs on me and he goes uh how do those handcuffs feel i'm like they don't feel good he goes uh me and your dad have known each other for a very long time 
he's been so proud of you and like the school that you're going to and all this other stuff. And neither one of us wants to see you wasted in jail. So why don't you go apologize to that man and you can go home and deal with your grounding. And I got grounded for two weeks and I didn't go to jail because my dad bailed me <laughs> before I even had to go. Right. But was, or was that all a ruse? That was, was real? all a ruse. I it was, was going to say that's, that's a good parenting. They were working together. So in that, my dad got my check, the car keys, and uh, a picture of me in the Argyle sweater with handcuffs on. <laughs> so. do, you, do you know if that's still floating around somewhere? Oh, I, it's gone. It's been. Oh, like, it's framed on his desk. I, yeah, I was going to say. It, it's gone. There will, there will be no unearthing of that picture. Too oh, bad. Wait, so how were you feeling? Were you like, it's my duty. It's my responsibility. I'm, I'm a man that goes to jail. No, I, you know, part of me was just like, you know, when they write about me, they're going to see me as a good big brother. That's what they're going to see. Right. Well, in my mind, I was, it was like my brave heart scene. You know what I mean? Like, you know, if I got to yeah. die for the village, I got to die for the village. You know what I mean? Yeah, you did what you needed to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But internally, I, I was crying. I, by the time, like, yeah. I was totally fine until he put the handcuffs on me. The second he put the handcuffs on me, I was like, yeah, I just don't want to go to jail. And I am, I'm, I'm, I'm a good boy. And I try really hard. I was just trying to be a good big brother. And my little sister is still stone faced. Is like, don't cry. I'm like, you know. So like, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. And the one that was like the least involved, the cousin was like, hysterical, hysterical, his like yell, like yelling, like you would have, like it would, like black funeral, like yelling. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) it was, it was a wild time. Oh my gosh. That's so good. Is your sister still like that's still her personality? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause like she'll she's the wilder one. I think she's wild. I'm wilder in life. Like I'll just do wild stuff, but then like I present calm. <laughs> she's calm but presents wild. Okay. Right. Interesting. So like she'll be like she'll we'll just like last time i went down to atlanta we were driving around she was driving me around because i was visiting her she knows how to drive now barely (laughs) and we're on the highway and she got she her last car was a was a lemon so they they upgraded her to a rented camaro until they fix it and so it's been a year so she just has a camaro (laughs) so we were just on the highway heading into the city and she goes I wonder how fast this car goes and just hits the gas. And I'm like, I am in the car, in the passenger seat. I will get in trouble if you do, you know what I mean? She was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. she's just We've like, we've been down like, this road before, quite literally. Don't exactly. And she just looks at me like, hey, live a little and just keeps going. And I'm like, yo, you know? Whereas like me in life, I'm like, yeah, we're going to be wild and I'll drive the speed limit, check <laughs> off yours. You know what I mean? I love that. I love the idea of presenting as wild, but actually being calm. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, yeah, I definitely feel like I present as calm and act calm as well. But yeah, there's a um a, a, a matrix, right? That's what they call it. Of like presents calm is calm, presents wild is wild, presents wild is calm, presents calm is wild. Oh, whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? What do you like? What do you the, think you like the chaos. Yeah, Becca's definitely presents calm is calm i mean not like and like we're of course counting out anxiety 
Oh yeah. No, that's, that's different. That's totally separate. Yeah. That's very, that's very different. Um, so Becca presents calm is calm. I don't know. What am I? I think you're, mm. Mm. I would say you present wild is calm. That's kind of what I'm thinking too. Mm-hmm. Or like presents wild is like more in the middle. Yeah. I make unhinged decisions sometimes, but not like law breaking ones. Yeah, right. you're you're like you're like hinged within reason. You know what I mean? You're like just, you're like yeah, the door's all the way open, but still on its hinges. Exactly. Yeah. You're you're, yeah. you're you're like a you're like a squeaky door. Like you still close, and and you know what <laughs> I mean? Like like you're still a functional door, but you're like oh, there's a little squeak in this door, and it's painted blue for some reason, huh? Exactly. That's not a typical door. I've never seen a door like you're, that. Um, you're like a saloon door. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no matter how hard you push it, it's still like, no, I'm saying right here. Yeah, like it's not going to budge into place, but it might might open and close freely. Exactly. It might even go up and down a little bit. You know what I mean? Like you ever like push it and they're like, you know, but like. Depending on who's coming out of it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the fun house mirror of doors. There you go. I'm probably more like a sliding glass door where like, you know, it's like hard to get it to budge. Like, it's closed yeah. and you like can't get it open that's that's more so mine I would say you get very frustrated if it doesn't open you're like what's going on yeah. Yeah. I'm like a big park with a gate you know no. what I mean fancy yeah, yeah. You're like oh like uh, I feel like there's no doors here and then it's like no if there's one right over here and you gotta get in that door to get to the park you gotta leave the door to get it you know what I mean do you have yeah. to have a key is that oh. part of it too Oh, you definitely. Gramercy? Are you Gramercy Park? I'm Gramercy Park. Yeah, I'm, I, I gotta have a key. You know? Wow. Yeah. Exclusive. And you can see the outside that it's so beautiful on the inside, but you still have to gain access. I like yeah. that. You yeah. know what that sounds like? What? It sounds like a metaphor for virginity. <laughs> it really does. We should add that to the list. This Gramercy Park is virginity. It's beautiful <laughs> on the inside. But you gotta have a key to get it. There's only one key, so you have yeah. to give it to the one person, and God has it until it's time for that person to come get Wait, it. Wait, have y'all seen those videos where it's the lady who's like, "Only Jesus can satisfy." Yeah, the girl from The Bachelor. The girl from The Bachelor. Yeah. Really, I yeah. I wouldn't know, but I was just everybody's been roasting her. It's been great. Yeah, yeah. Madison. What's her last name? Madison Pruitt. Maddie yes, Pruitt. Maddie Pruitt. We really have to do a deep dive on her because her life is so interesting because she didn't really she like I think at the end like talked about having faith but it was not really like a huge plot point for her mm-hmm. no and it then, was it was her I, whole I feel thing like, I, don't rem- I feel like I remember it being like normal and then she like took her bachelor fame to become like a famous Christian speaker mm. well her whole her whole brand on the show was that she was a virgin she talked about it all the time and like really? that was her because I'm like yeah that's totally normal Everyone's that was real. why she left was because Peter like slept with one of the other girls. And oh, that was, the windmill, was that the windmill situation? No, the windmill was Hannah Brown. Who originally was on Pilot Pete season. Who, yes. I think Hannah Brown and Pilot Pete maybe banged in a windmill. And then yeah. I had he got his own season. I had sex in a windmill four times. Yes. Oh, a windmill? Was, yeah, they were in Amsterdam. Or it, was, oh. it was like an Airbnb windmill. Yes. I don't know. You can rent it. Anyone can go rent it and okay. do whatever they want in it. Do 
whatever it did in there. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I guess you're right. I'm wrong. Becca's right. A window is a very interesting place to have sex. It is. Yeah. Because you're like, I don't know. That's uh, a little interesting. I feel like, but I also can't judge at all. I really can't. So you can't you can't judge windmill sex i can't judge windmill sex i've i've been in wild places where i'm just like i, I shouldn't have been here like uh chelsea pierce <laughs> sorry you know, the gym or the <laughs> hockey the pier, area the pier itself uh riverside park uh a fucking sorry uh a, a don't worry we're explicit oh <laughs> yeah, perfect we Every episode is explicit just in case one of us says shit. <laughs> See, but even the way you say shit makes me not want to say shit. You know what I mean? Like you you said it like it was a disclaimer. Like even the way we say shit, you know, I was like, all right, I'm not gonna. Yeah, I'm over here being like, sometimes we say the F word. <laughs> it's like <laughs> obviously I do not, based on how I just said Here's that. Here's the thing, Drex, you're not even the only comedian I know that's had sex on Chelsea Pierce. Popular place to have sex, it seems. Really? It was- it was, yeah, I, it was just a rant. Like, it just happened. It was never like a, hey, you want to do this and blah, 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 blah. That's, that's what I've heard. You know, it's just a place you just, um, the, the vibes at Chelsea Piers. Yeah. Are so You're like, wow, what a beautiful view. And there's only one runner out tonight. They've got time before they make another loop. This is great. And then you just, you're there. Um, yeah. I don't know. Great. I don't know. Yeah, but anyway. Wait, I'm really trying to picture. So, you know, there's like the whole running route and then there's the area with the fake grass. Was it there? Yeah. Or, or like further out on like- It was like further, it was pier. further, further on the pier. Okay. I was so like, like on the pier. So yeah. like if you're running, that's your like out and back situation. Right. So you really do know if somebody's coming. And I, Right. And I was like, oh my gosh, what if I get caught? And then like two years later, I was like, on a balcony on Jefferson Street. You know what I mean? Where I was like, all right, well, now I don't care. <laughs> like at that point, I was just like, I feel like someone's gonna look up and be like, isn't that that comic from that one time? And then like Yeah, you gotta get it out of your system now before uh oh my gosh. We're all household names, you know. The second the second I hit 30, I'm done. I'm done with everything. Like I'm I'm like I, I think I'm getting everything crazy out now. And then like when I'm 30, I'm gonna be like very tame very because at that point like at once i think once people hit like 30 like no matter how long they've been doing comedy all of a sudden they just get hella serious about it we're like i have this amount of time to make it and like yada yada yada. and then so at that point you'll never hear a story ever again you'll just be like wow remember that solid guy He's got his whole life together. He's got his whole life together. Like, did you know Drex refound God over again? Like, this is so crazy. He's he's, he's definitely only having sex inside. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> the wife that he got. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. What what a good father this man is. You know, <laughs> this guy is he just adopted six children. Right, he's running a foster home. This is wild. You know, Drex saved me from a fire last night. And that's the only thing that I, you know, and then he ran right to a set immediately after. What a good comic. What a good guy. He ran straight to Netflix. He just went and he just ran to Netflix and shot his special right after he saved me. Right after. That's beautiful. And like 30 would be like, what, three, three years straight of just therapy. Hopefully it's all healed by them. Hopefully we just figured it out. Yeah. And like the season's done. You know what I mean? Well, I turned 30 in exactly three months from today, which Mm -hmm. is 
a disturbing realization I just now made. Um, so I'll let you know on December 11th. Let me know. You're really born a, turned oh, a corner. <laughs> you're born a month after me. Oh, really? Yeah. January. So are you Aquarius? No. You? Uh, oh, a month after you. Are you Scorpio? I am. Hmm. Do you think you have Scorpio tendencies or is that just like, you know, that just in case you're on a date and somebody asks you what your <laughs> horoscope is? It's so funny. Uh, yes, I think I have Scorpio tendencies, but I also think it is a lot of like self-fulfilling prophecy. Like, I think I was eight and they were like, you guys are sensual and mysterious. And I was like, I'm writing that down. And then my, I spent <laughs> that my sounds entire, fun. <laughs> right. First I just spent my entire sweater and then I'll write that down. Oh my gosh, what? You can be so, like, because I saw, what was it? You know what it was? I at think the time- Argyle sweater was a move. Literally, you said that. They're like, oh, that was obviously part of the bit. And I was like, sounds nice. Sounds right. cool. Right. Sweater. Remember when Donald Glover was nerdy, nerdy? Mm-hmm. That was my whole, like, inspo, like, my whole Pinterest board of, like, I'm going to dress like this. I'm you had a Pinterest board? You no, it was a- it was okay. a mental thing. It was definitely, I was like skinny. It's more time. of a vision board, like Oprah-esque. Right, right. Like cardigans, sweaters, the whole night. I was like, I the the glasses without the frames, all of it. I'm going to go for it. And I did. You've evolved. You're very stylish now. Thanks. I feel like you do have like sweater style though. Like I'm, I'm feeling like I've seen you in like a cowl neck type situation before. So I appreciate that you've leaned in to the sweater. Thank sweater you. Look. I'm, that's why I'm so excited for fall and winter. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. That's why we live here. If not, we'd live in LA. Right. Like, I don't think people understand how hard New York is. Right? Like, we could thrive literally anywhere. We could go over to Hoboken and thrive immediately. But yet we choose to be here and struggle because it's just a better place. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I mostly agree. I don't know, I'm going through a crisis of, it just, it is, it's a hard place to live. And if I moved anywhere, I don't know, I feel like I'm gonna have to end up in LA. All my family lives in California. And so I'm like holding out as long as possible. I've never been. Me neither. I've never been to California. Mm-mm. You've never been to California drugs? No, never. Well, we should go sometime. Let's <laughs> go. Us. Let's go to California. Yeah. I, I would be so down for that, to be quite honest. Yeah. Maybe we should take Good Girls Gone Sad on the road. We Ooh. know that we should. I know two people in LA, plus Chris Waitkiss, plus his fiance. So I know four people in LA. I know a few people over there. I know a couple there. more people than just that. Honestly, so Drex is from Atlanta, and I just did the Asheville Comedy Fest, and everyone's like, you guys know Drex? You know Drex? Like, you are like, people were tossing your name I was standing next to Aton though and I was like I know Drex but this is Aton like <laughs> wait what were people saying um no they were just like oh he's my good buddy kind of like a when I when I go to New York like Drex is my guy and I was that's like that's so sure. cool wait Drex yeah. did you start comedy in Atlanta or did I you did. start in New York oh I, did. Okay. I was doing comedy for five years in Atlanta and then I was like I just kind of hit a wall where I was like I want to do more I don't know what that more it looks like. I was trying to decide between New York or LA. And this comic, Eva Evans, came down to Atlanta and was looking for spots to go up. And 
you know, she was like, hey, where do I go up? And a lot of the guys were like, I know where you can go up. You can go up in my bedroom. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, as as people do. And I was like, hey, here are all the shows. What is New York like? Tell me everything. And I was just like, no, like, what are the shows? What are the people like? Ba-da-da. And she was like, first of all, you're a lot of energy. Secondly, um, you're the only guy who's not tried to have sex with me while I'm here. So would you like to do my show in New York? I'll pay you to come do the show. So I was like, oh my gosh, cool. And I fly up to New York. I didn't even buy an Airbnb, but I was there for 36 hours because I just wanted to be up and like enjoy it. Yeah. It was your uh, first trip ever to New York. First trip ever to New York. Oh, wow. And I was, I was just in New York for 36 hours walking around. I thought I could walk to Flatbush from the Brooklyn bridge because it was Flatbush Avenue. I was wrong. Oh, um, and you know i'm just like eating food and doing things or whatever and i was like i'm gonna move here and two two months later i was here wow mm-hmm. Wait, so how I, long have you been? Okay. uh january will make five years okay nice yeah, yeah. sorry about i love that you got that connection just from being nice <laughs> like, <laughs> it's it. like very good girl. That's very good girl. Very good girl Thank of you. you. Thank to, you. To just not be a sleaze and have somebody <laughs> be like, wow, I appreciate that you were kind. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. Yeah, I'll try. It was, you know, but it it was like the most like transformative thing. It was really cool just getting an opportunity to come up here. Cause if not, I probably would have stayed down in Atlanta for a little bit longer or I would have tried to move to LA or something like that. But like New York made me realize like two things. I think it made me realize that like comedy is a business way more than it is anything else. Like everything you do on stage is a resume. Did not know that. Right. And that networking is so important. Didn't know that. Right. Cause when I was back home, all I wanted to do was be good and go home. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be the best on that stage, crush a set and leave and then try another set or go you know somewhere else. And then I was realizing like, I didn't really have like a community or like a uh, like a system around me because I wasn't building it. I wasn't like hanging out and going out to eat and like talking and doing all of the things. And I was just like focusing on getting good at comedy. And then when I moved to New York, New Yorkers are like, hey, we're going to go to the hang. Hey, this is where you need to be to get here. Hey, this is that. But you also got to be cool with those people to make that happen you can't just be like i'm gonna be funny and leave because how else how are you gonna get booked how are you gonna you know stay consistently booked things like that so that that was like a a big like transformative learning experience for me what like i guess from like a good girl perspective what were some of the biggest differences for you from like atlanta to new york in general like because one thing that I think is interesting, I totally think you're right about like the hang and everything in New York. And then I'll go to like DC and everyone's like so grateful to have stage time that they're just so nice and supportive. And it's like such a different vibe. So I'm curious, like, I'm sure it's different in every city, but I'm curious what like vibe differences you've noticed from different cities. Well, I will say like comedically, I think that uh, the thing that Atlanta, I think, has over New York is the show is more important than the comic, always. They don't care who what your credits are. They don't, care. like, make me laugh, make make the crowd have a good time, right? And so say you're on stage and you're like, oh, I'm going to do 10, but you're bombing at five. We're not going to let you bomb for five more minutes. Just, you know, let me light you. 
let me get you off state. Let me save you. Right. But also if you're doing 10 and you're crushing, I'm not going to light you. You're crushing. You come to a natural conclusion and then you can get off or, you know, play around with the crowd a little bit more or whatever, because they're having a good show. Right. Whereas I think in New York, They'll be like, this person, you've seen A, B, and C. And then three minutes in, they're bombing. And you're like, we still have 12 more minutes of this set because they have a 15-minute set. This is crazy. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But outside of comedy, my favorite thing about Atlanta is how communal it feels, right? When you're in a space, you cannot know anyone at all. And then you leave and you feel like you know everybody. And nothing has motive, meaning... You can, a dance is a dance. A drink is a drink. Like, a, you know, a hug is a hug, whatever. Everything is communal. Nothing has motive. So you're just enjoying the presence of other people in that moment, in that space, in that time. Whereas in New York, a lot of places and a lot of people feel like they have motive, right? Where they're like, why are you here? What do you want? What do you need from me? So then everyone is either guarded or leaning in because they're like, oh, let me talk to you because you can do this for me or this, that, and the other. Or they're like, hey, why are you trying to talk to me? Do you need me to do something for you? Right? Or like you're trying to join a group or like you're out and you meet like a group of people and you're like, y'all are fun. They're like, yeah, but we're fun. We don't know you. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so I think that like that's, I think the main difference that I see a lot is just like uh, New York in those uh, aspects doesn't feel as communal. Yeah, that's interesting. Because I do think like, so I'm also from the South and I feel like people in the South see New Yorkers as like being mean because they're like, sometimes I just want to stop and chat with you and you don't want to chat with me. And it's like, I feel like New Yorkers, it's like everything you do has to feel purposeful. You can't really just like go out and just go for a walk. It's like, I'll go for a walk because I'm like, I have 15 minutes to go for a walk and I need to leave my house. But it's, I'm never just like, I'm just going to see what happens with my day. Like that's not something like that feels so inefficient, I mm -hmm. feel like in New York. And so and I, I feel like that makes a lot of sense. Like if you're talking to people, it's like, why are you talking to them? What are you trying to get out of it? Not just like chatting because you're sitting beside somebody and they're probably interesting. Um, that's really interesting. I've never like, I feel like I've never heard somebody put it into words like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's also, like, I was just talking to somebody, we were kind of coming home from a thing at the same time. And like, to me, this person is like light years ahead of me and like has all this stuff. And then like, once we had like more than six minutes to talk and like things were like very little playing field, sitting on a subway train, honestly, best networking you can do is taking the subway back, especially from the tiny cupboard because it takes so long. Um, but like taking the subway back with somebody, like you'll get down to the root of it. And it's like, we were talking about like podcasting. We're like, oh yeah, everyone has trouble doing tech. Everyone has trouble doing this other thing. Like, but you have guests, like this person was like, you've guests every week. Like I can't imagine how much harder that is. Like I, we just researched something and talked. And like, I thought it was like, oh, things are only hard for me. Things like, but because like, I don't even know where I'm going with this, but um, it could just be hard to be like that natural with somebody in New York because you're like, this person's ahead of me. Like I have to be super professional and seem really put together and on my game. And then when we both like, just started opening up a little bit. It was like, no, we all have these problems. This person like was asking me about stuff that I thought like, of course this person knows that. Not, they didn't. And um, it was cool like be able to offer something, but it's hard to have those conversations here. 
it's really hard. I, and that's why, like, or at least one of the reasons I'll say while, why I've uh, just been like really trying to practice this, like radical honesty kind of thing with people, mm-hmm. because uh, like, even, even with my best friends, like Aton and Allie, right. Like I, I like have talked to them about like how uh sometimes like I'll feel like lonely you know what I mean or like be like you know I I, if we're not if we weren't running this show together are we cool or are we friends you know what I'm saying like and they're like why would you think that you know what I mean and I'm like well you know I I I I feel like I I'm not I'm always the one who's like inviting people out and so, but because I don't want to like intrude on someone's day, I just don't. So then it's like waiting around for someone to invite me out. But they're like, yeah, if you never ask anybody to hang out, you're not on top of mind for people to want to be like, oh, let's hang out. Yeah. It's not that we don't want to hang out. It's that, you know, you know what I mean? So then <clears throat> it's just like this, like honesty of being like, hey, here's where I'm at. And then other people being like, we're here too. Or we thought this similar thing too, rather than like holding it in. And I think that that's been like very helpful. And I think that like, if anything, New Yorkers are going to give you honesty. You just have to kind of like pull that out of them. You yeah. Know I mean? But you have to be genuine to them first. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, that's the, that's the big long and short of it. Right. Is that like, I've been doing comedy since I graduated high school. My entire adult life has been networking and uh, performing. Right. And so I didn't realize until very recently that like I've been performing friendships for years. I've been performing relationships for years and things like that, rather than genuinely being in them. So now trying to do that, one, hard as shit, but two, so much more worth it because then I can go, oh, I'm actually having a bad day and I can bring this to someone because um I'm not worried about, oh, well, if I tell them this, they're going to hate me. Or if I tell them this, that's going to ruin this dynamic that we have here. It's like, no, like a a genuine friendship goes like this. And so like, that's been really cool. Yeah, that feels like a kind of natural transition. Would you agree, Becca? Um, So we we ask a second question on this podcast, what makes you good and what makes you sad? Um, So like, how has you still have these good girl tendencies. We just talked about them. Um, mm-hmm. How has that like f- impacted your adult life and like moving here? I know you've already spoken on it, but do you have anything else you would like to say in regards to that? Yeah, I mean, I think if we're we're talking about what makes me sad, uh, the thing that I that I am constantly paying my therapist to tell me is um, <laughs> is my big thing that makes me sad is I have a hard time connecting with people which you would think isn't an issue because we're all comedians mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. our entire job is connecting to people but I feel like I'm good at connecting on like a very superficial level I'm very good at connecting in the 15 minutes that it takes for me to be on stage and then leaving and I think I've gotten really really good at that over the years but like genuinely letting people in genuinely connecting and things like that are so, so hard for me. And I think that's what makes me sad because even when I'm surrounded by people or I'm dating people or I'm hooking up or whatever, I've got people around, you still feel very lonely because you're not being you. 
or you are being you, but you're being you in like the most guarded, protected, you know, way. And, and it's not for lack of trying, you know what I mean? It's not like I like wake up in the morning. I'm like, today I'm not connecting with anybody. Not going to do it. Fuck them. No, it's like, I want to, I, I feel like it's something that like, I've been like really, really trying to work on, but um, I think also like you want to protect yourself. You know what I mean? Like I've been since I, I've been like alone, like genuinely like alone for like 10 years. I like, since I moved out of the house, like I was like, I was living in Atlanta, but I was living like by myself, not necessarily by myself. Like I had roommates and things like that, but like, I was like on my own, like financially since I like moved out of the house Then I moved to New York. I didn't know anybody in New York except for that one comic when I moved here, you know what I mean? And they just booked me on a show. They don't know me. We're not friends. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not, you know? And so <clears throat> I think I spent like a lot of years just trying to like survive and just uh, try to make myself like thrive or successful or whatever, or like, you know, people to want to be like, I want to book this guy on a show so that, you know, things can get better. But again, I don't think I spent a lot of time trying to connect with people. And so now like that, I'm in a point in my life where like I'm financially comfortable and I'm comfortable on stage and like, I'm, you know, doing all right now it feels like all of these things are kind of coming down like bricks of like, Hey, you have to solve this. Hey, you got to fix this. Hey, you got to make this better. And I'm at a point in my life right now where I don't know where to begin. I don't know where that starts. So if that answers your question as to what makes me sad, I think I hopefully I did a good job. Yeah, (laughs) definitely. I, I mean, hard relate, I think for both of us. I also think like, I mean, like you saying you're not good at connecting with people is shocking to me because like, I remember meeting you and being like, that's the nicest person I've ever met. Like being like, I hope to like do more shows with Drex because I know that he'll like come over and talk to me and remember stuff about me and all of that. But also like, I don't know, I feel like Sid and I both too can relate to being like, the bubbly person, the person who's always nice, the person who like parents know can talk to adults. And I think like, I don't know. I think that sometimes when you're like that in your head, you're like, am I actually friends with these people? Or am I just like friendly? Am I just getting along? And like, do I actually, you know, like, can I text them or is that weird? Like, I don't know. I, I feel like I definitely relate to that. Like you can make really superficial connections so easily. Like I can network all day long, but will I feel comfortable in a group of people I don't really know or a group of people that I know that I don't think I belong in? No. So yeah, I totally exactly. relate to that. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah. Like once you get out of survival mode, stuff gets, you can't hide it anymore. Like no. your shit gets, uh, shit gets real, but yeah. And I feel that way, even like with dating and stuff where it's like, I, I feel like all three of us incredible on a first date like oh my gosh superstars <laughs> one two and three crush it yeah it's yeah, like have, month four that's the issue <laughs> month exactly. four it's it's no, I, have a, I have a joke that it's like um for me it's two months or six dates whichever comes first which means you're like my love life is going really well because the best way to refer to it is in terms of a car lease like um i'm great at first and then people are like oh real person behind like all that other shit. Um, and that like that breaks it down, you know? 
And you're like, no, I showed you my real self and you don't like it. That sucks. But um, well, you can only hold a poop for so long. (laughs) You know what I mean? Oh, Drex, you would be surprised how long (laughs) I can hold a poop. (laughs) I think that's what it is. It's like we're good first dates. We're good, bubbly, friendly hangs and things like that because you're doing it in these short bursts. Yeah. But then, like, once someone, like, really gets to know you or, like, kind of sees, like, a little bit of your, like, quirks and kinks and things like that, like, sometimes it's my not, not fun as... wacky, my desperate, sad wacky. Yeah. Yeah. Or, like, the ways that you cope with things or, like, mm-hmm. the ways that you handle things, like, or, like, even I think, like, my, the the hardest part for me about being, like, the bubbly, friendly person or, like, the person who's just, like, you know, everyone's like, he's so nice. He's this, this, this. Mm-hmm. Is I also from the from the smallest interaction to like the most important people in my life don't want to hurt anybody. Yeah. Especially in the moment, right? I would much rather like live through a moment and be like, oh, that was a lot of energy and I feel exhausted from this. And they leave going, I had such a good time and this person's so freaking nice. Then to be like, hey, I'm so sorry. I'm not having a good time at all. Yeah. Drex, don't ever plan a wedding. (laughs) (laughs) Let me tell you, as somebody who is like constantly like not trying to hurt anyone's feelings or step on any toes or anything, it's awful. (laughs) It's like finally having to make decisions for other people. And you're like, how can I make sure that, you know, 200 people aren't mad at me? (laughs) It's horrible. Yes, I agree. I also think that New York is like, specifically hard with dating because I mean that's like so cliche but New Yorkers are like all like us I think like to some degree there's this sense of like you're trying to do something you want to get ahead and whatever it is that you want to get ahead in and you're like wanting to put your best foot forward all the time and so you don't really want to be a real person and I think that that's like why the four month is the sticky point because it's like yeah, sometimes it was me, but a lot of times it was the other person too, being like, oh, I'm stressed at my job. So we have to break up. And I feel like it's only when like I met Michael, who was like in the Midwest and had a totally different mindset of dating that I was like able to like stop holding my breath and being like, which one of us is going to like be too busy or too emotionally detached or whatever it is. Um, yeah, I think New York is really good at making people bad at dating <laughs> but also so desperate yeah because so, it feels lonely. Like so lonely so <laughs> lonely like things you probably wouldn't have done yeah um okay I have a question um for both of you were you always described as precocious as a child were you precocious children I definitely was no, never like wise beyond her years. I never got that one. I was always solidly a child, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, same. I was, I was definitely, uh, you know, I would get in trouble for talking. That would be my, my thing, but you know, I, it was, I, I was pre, I was pretty, the crazy thing is I was a talker, but to people that I liked, like people that I was like around or like that I liked hanging out with, and then once I hit high school and broke out of my shell, it was like, if anyone wants this conversation, you can have it. And I think that's when I became like a ham. I definitely became more precocious. Uh, but yeah, I definitely, uh, when I was probably like 15, 16, they were like, oh, this guy, oh, look at him. He's about to, you know, so yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's a good girl through this, con- like 
the past that we've been talking, I was like, I feel like we were all definitely described as precocious as when we were younger. Um, I definitely always got, she's wise beyond her years. I'm like, no, I just watch a lot of TV land and I know, like, I know old references. Like, that doesn't make me smart, but like it makes, it makes me have no friends and afraid of scary movie commercials um but which is why I watched tv land because I never showed scary movie commercials it was always like do you need to sue the government because you didn't get paid while you were living in the barracks you old veteran or do you have mesothelioma or <laughs> but never scary movie commercials so I felt very safe watching a lot of tv land it's so funny <laughs> like do you need to change your catheter well while you're getting that done, we have the it's catheter church commer- meeting old men like, hi, how's your catheter going? <laughs> it really is. It's always some old guy walking in the screen and being like, look, it, it's going to hurt regardless, but it could be a little bit less painful with this one right here. You know? like, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I really did know a lot about like suing people because of asbestos and catheters. That was, that was, was really big. a big part of my vocabulary. <laughs> And I would actually, I would walk around just being like fibromyalgia. And my mom's like, you've got, you got to stop. Whatever's going on. <laughs> like, it's a fun word to say. It's like, well, also I used to think it was fibromyalgia. Like I, the algae belonged to me and I needed mm-hmm. more fiber for it. And I feel like that's a universal experience, right? Everyone thinks it's yes, fibromyalgia. Absolutely. That was, yeah. Yeah. Even I, to this day. My parents had to look it up in the dictionary for me actually, because they, <laughs> They're like, take this one back to school. Take Rex. this one back. Let the, <laughs> let the kids know. All right. There are no algas. With, with There's no algas. It's like, what's a blue job? What's what's fibromyalgia? The, I'm glad you yeah. asked. Good yeah. question. Yeah. Honestly, Drex, I, I hope that your second grade classmates who made fun of you for your definition of sex are listening to this podcast and have heard all of the fun places where you have had sex. Not <laughs> only are they, are they going to listen to this podcast, but I'm performing at my high school reunion in two weeks and- uh, it's oh i'm so excited wait drex that's the scariest thing i've ever heard i could never do that 200 oh gosh, people I that i went to high school <laughs> with and i have to perform for them not only do i have to perform for them they want me to call them tomorrow and walk through my bits no yeah they were like they were like hey you do your skit for us because you know because people outside of, of they're always like skit it's a skit or a skit. Yeah. it's your sketch it's your comedy skit sketches or whatever and then um yeah and they were like hey um we 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 love your stuff that we've been seeing online we just want to we want to know what it is that you'll be speaking about uh you know just to to make sure that it's all good before you call Jesus a hoe, we want to make sure <laughs> <laughs> that no preachers are in the audience. Right. Are so you gonna like, do are you gonna do that bit? That's my favorite bit. I love it. It is a fun bit and it's definitely grown. Like it's gotten really, really good. Like yeah. People um, like will still bring it up to me. They're like that guy that did the Jesus is a hoe bit. And I'm like, yes. That's so funny. You should follow that's... him. He has more. Oh. <laughs> No, I, I, I'm not going to do the Jesus bit. I mm-hmm. want to. I don't think it's going it, to. It's, it's the rural South. Yeah. I don't think it's going to hit at all. Or it's going to hit too great. And then people are going to have to reckon with that in church. I don't <laughs> want to do that. With that. Love it. Well, I feel like um, this is a good opportunity to move into our next segment. Mm-hmm. Um, Drex, do you have anything that you would like to add to the Good Girl Glossary? The Good, the good girl, girl Glossary, which is the definitive list of people, places, and things that make up a good girl. I think since we've just been on this topic all day, you know, um, 
I, I think that we got to talk about the bubbly every friend, okay? The the person who's friends with everybody and, you know, kind of the most, it's like the, uh, oh, we can call them the, the, uh, the bubbly welcome mat. They're, they're here to, to, to be a friend to everyone. They are the hostess. They are the hostess with the mostest. Like they are here to help people. They're here to make you feel good. They're here to brighten your day. And they're, they're just here to network. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, they get stepped all over. They get stepped all over, right? Because at the end of the day, they're lonely, sad people. Yeah, they're uh, here to not offend anyone. <laughs> they're careful to not offend anyone. A welcome mat's not going to offend you. No, it's not. Unless it's one of those cool ones. But even then, that's not a welcome mat. All yeah, right? well, they're literally like, clean up and- on me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The yeah. Absolutely. That is a really good analogy because it it's is great. We will, we will be outside in the cold and the wet. We will let dogs wipe our paws on us, and at the end of the day, just to make you feel a little bit better, and maybe you won't even notice us. Okay, that's a little exactly bit- because even when you wipe your feet off on a welcome mat, you're still bringing dirty shoes in the house. So true. And that is, and that's a metaphor for using a condom. It's still sex teen. It's still sex teens. <laughs> Dude, you are earning our explicit rating today. <laughs> Best sex is no sex, guys. All right. Just saying. Yeah. Either you come inside <laughs> her and make a baby or it's not worth it. It's yeah. like, whoa, we are we are six years old. <laughs> don't right. don't talk about come in front of us. I, I, I like I like to make kids the way that Joseph did it. Just wait for God to do it for me. Okay. That's how I do it. That is how I do it. <laughs> Um, I absolutely second that, Becca. I, I third it. I third it. Okay, so are you ready? Yes, to officially add it, Drex, we have to say it in unison. So I'm glad you gave us the catchphrase to use. Yeah, sometimes is it, people is are it? like, people go on this whole tangent and we'll look at each other and be like, so driving a car? Like, <laughs> We're like, um, when your dad says that you can't go. <laughs> so is it welcome mat or bubbly welcome mat? Or do we I think, think it's being a bubbly welcome, welcome mat. mat. I think if you want to say it with us, you can. It's it's definitely going to be fun for three people to try and say it in unison over Zoom. Let's definitely do that. All right. Okay. Sorry, Drex. You were definitely going to say no, but here we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Three, two, one. Being the Bub- bubbly, bubbly welcome, welcome mat. mat. <laughs> also, like I feel like when you're talking on Zoom and then somebody else starts talking, then it like you can't really do the unison thing because it like cuts out. So. Anyway, it's beautiful, but we have officially added the bubbly welcome mat to the good, good girl glossary. I think it's a great addition. Perfect. And also you should bring that analogy up to your therapist because I think she will be proud of it. Or he, I guess I shouldn't assume therapists are women, but yeah, she will. She'll, she'll definitely be proud. All right. <laughs> like All right. Assume, assume away. Okay. My, no, um, yeah, no, she'd be great. Peggy, Peggy will be so excited to hear that. Love it. That's a awesome. perfect therapist name. That is a good therapist name. Um, next, we're going to play a game. You've been a participant in our live show. So we played a game with you. Yes. Yes. Yeah. We played, we played Purity Ring of Fire. Fire. Yes, we did. With all the J bros. Yeah. So the name of this game is Heaven Yelp Me. Um, and the premise of the game is we're going to read a Yelp review and then you're going to tell us if this Yelp review is of a religious establishment or the Olive Garden Times Square. Perfect. And these are, these are real Yelp reviews that mm-hmm. people have posted about, okay. I think it's just um, churches and synagogues and then Olive Garden. <laughs> Those are okay. the options. 
we didn't even talk about religion like at all but we know that you were raised religious and you have comedy about it um yeah i grew up baptist uh i mean it was fine i was there for the choir and then i'd fall asleep and then so my parents <laughs> thought um uh, if they moved us to the front row, I would stay awake during the sermon, but uh, they had a kid with an adenoid problem who snored loud sitting in the front row snoring. So then I just became part of the sermon. And then after that, they were like, what if we gave him a job in the church? So then I was in the choir for a minute. That didn't work out. Then I was an usher for a second. That didn't work out. Then they put me back in the church at the front row again, still fell asleep. And then they bribed me. They were like, if you stay up, we'll pay you. Then I was like, time to stay up. Then like, but what would happen is it would run late and then by uh, about an hour and a half in the church would fall asleep again. So I never really made money. So my job was to watch the choir and fall asleep. That was my relationship with church going up. And then it became, we stopped going to church for a while and then it became a punishment. They would be like, oh, you didn't clean your room. Guess who's going to church this weekend? I'm like, oh, a free nap at 7.30 in the morning. That's great. (laughs) That's amazing. That's that's That was such a comprehensive look at your (laughs) relationship with church. And then now Jesus is a hoe. So we've really come (laughs) full circle. is like, I took one thing from that sermon. And it is that Jesus was a hoe. Choirs and there's a lot of holes here. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Meanwhile, Becca and I have to talk about it once a week with a new person each week. We're like, you have, you know, this is the podcast. Great. Because we have lots and lots to say. Um, (laughs) So congrats on your concise well done storytelling thank you thank you yeah all right becca do you want to read first yes i would love to all right heaven yelped me so number one quote honestly one of the worst quote establishments i have ever been to boring uninspired sloppy and irrelevant that was by marilisa a do you think that was about a religious institution or the olive garden in times square I'm going to go religious institution only because of the irrelevant. Yes. Love it. It's Our Lady of Good Council Church in Manhattan. <laughs> nice. Perfect. All right. One for one, baby. Okay. Number two, the whole experience I found to be extremely patriotic. Highly recommend to all tourists who want to see what this beautiful country is about. God bless. Oh, that's the Olive Garden. <laughs> it's absolutely the Olive Garden. It is the Olive Garden. Yes. Nicely done. Like yes. Patrick's Cathedral. But the, now. There's nothing more patriotic than bottomless breadsticks. Do you understand? Like there's nothing in this world. Okay. It is apple pie, bottomless breadsticks. That's, that's it. That's all it. Yeah. You know, um, taking a beautiful culture and making it bland and never ending. I'm yeah. Like Did it. you know that Alfredo is actually the only thing that they have in Italy? They don't even have regular food. They just, they only make Alfredos. They're stuck, you know? Uh, I believe it. <laughs> yeah. I believe it. Yeah. And, and I've and, only been to Olive Garden once, which feels like wrong. Maybe we should go to the Times Square Olive Garden, Said I will go. I will always go to the Times Square Olive Garden. Um, Let me know. I'll go. Yeah. Let's do it. I just need to. We, we're joking about having a good girl gala, which is like getting all of the guests like together for a cocktail party, and we should just do it at the Times Square. <laughs> I'm would be so, so down. Good. I'm very down for that. Let's do it. I just need 48 hours to recover, and then I'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We can jump back into the game. Let's do um, it. Number three. 
disgusting behavior to see from this establishment. Shame on you for denying service and violating our civil rights, both capitalized. You can take your, quote, bread and shove them where the sun don't shine. That's a church. That's absolutely a church. Olive Garden. Really? Because <laughs> I, I just imagine some lady just going off in a church and being like, no, no. Well, that's... It sure does seem like it would be about a church, mm-hmm. but nope. You're taking your bread sticks, not your communion bread. Yeah. <laughs> and we, uh, shoving it where the sun don't yeah. shine. Yeah. Okay, number four. I was there for an event for a recent Jewish holiday and the service was horrible along with the food and the food was nasty and there was trash all over the place and the servers looked like they were on drugs and it was just not a very elegant place at all. Times Square Olive Garden. Nope. <laughs> Temple of Emmanuel of West Palm Beach. What church has servers? Um, service. Oh, like the was service like, was tough. No, I they said the, server, the servers looked like they were on drugs. Okay. So At I the think temple this, in Palm Beach. And they were serving food. So I think this was um, Jewish holidays that normally serve food at the temple. Like Got you. So um, apparently the servers that they had hired or maybe they were community volunteer members yeah um we uh when we did this in person i kept being like is it a church or the times were all over and they're like are you calling a temple a church and i was like doesn't that just mean house of worship and they're like you anglo-saxon bitch so <laughs> it was literally like you're just completely putting your own religion on all of these other religions that's so funny yeah and i want to apologize for that because that was wrong with me but also i just love like palm beach the fanciest place of all being like the food was nasty there was trash all over the place the servers looked like they were on drugs and it's just not a very elegant place at all okay yes okay number five it's a great place but something bothers me when you enter this establishment it's beautiful but there's a security guard and he's bad (laughs) bad is also all caps also i have not read these in a while we wrote this game a while ago and i haven't read them and they're so funny (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh people are great and he is bad and he's bad he's bad I, I gotta go with Times square olive garden on this one that is the edmund safra synagogue of new york <laughs> <laughs> uh, i also just imagine being like i'm gonna go to a religious service and then i'm going to leave a yelp review <laughs> right like who has the time it's also like God can just hear you. You can just say it out loud. You don't also, need to write it on the internet. God had a security, and Jesus had a security team. So you know? true. Yeah, whole, they had bad vibes, I guess. He had a whole posse. You yeah, know? he he brought twelve security guards with him everywhere he went, and one of them was bad. You All know? caps, bad. Yeah. <laughs> I write for the next one. Yeah. I literally went here and then threw up in the same establishment and then threw up in Port Authority. That shit slammed, but it's toxic AF, just like men. So it's Olive Garden. That's Olive Garden. It's yeah. Olive Garden. Absolutely. I like the idea of going and being made sick by the word of God. That, <laughs> right. Like, oh, and, and, and then I went to Port Authority after. The only reason why I was like, oh, it's definitely Olive Garden is because I was like, there's not a lot of churches around Port Authority um where even were we it's your turn Becca. oh yeah number seven mm-hmm. okay 
the floodgates opened and these quote artists tried to be quote edgy and wanted to create controversy and ended up driving this once beautiful space into the ground with malicious intent that is a church yeah i don't know why me the lutheran church of the messiah in brooklyn the yes olive garden has never been a once beautiful place you know what i mean (laughs) i don't know if you'd call them artists like (laughs) right we were um i think when we pulled this one up in my mind it's like someone getting mad at like brooklyn people from brooklyn going for the bit and being like these artsy people are trying to ruin the good american tradition mm-hmm. of olive garden mm-hmm. right in the beautiful communal space of breadsticks they have run it to the ground with their bits have you seen the the tiktoks where they're going to like different times square locations and they're like oh uh the best date night spot is dave and boosters where yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah 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 shout out um chris barnes obviously does the ultimate spoof videos also cole stephenson has gone really viral a couple times for like the m&m store in times square like Mm -hmm. absolutely awful places to go i'm totally probably butchering what he does but it's very funny (laughs) like every single line i'm like oh that is too good too good awesome that's good also i have fun at david busters like i'd go there on a date the thing is i pretend that i'm doing it for the bit but i really enjoy the atmosphere of margaritaville Here's Margaritaville. Dave and Buster's, I'll give you Margaritaville. I've, I've still never been in Margaritaville. I did not enjoy Dave and Buster's when I went, but also I was tired. I decided I wasn't going to drink that night. And also, I don't really like games. So, gotcha. <laughs> I like the games of it all. Um, Margaritaville, have you heard? Uh, have you seen Kyle Kinane's new special yet? No. He has a he has a um a bit about Margaritaville where he goes the saddest song ever written was Margaritaville but not as it was written then as it was written now that there are brick and mortar Margaritavilles. Yes, I have seen that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wasted away again in Margaritaville. It's literally just old people wasting away in a fifty plus living community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sad. Mm-hmm. Yes, but also. You can get your drinks in a souvenir blender. That's really cool, Sid. Um, okay, you ready for your next one? You only have two left. Okay, let's do it. Did I download Yelp just to make this review? Yes, and I won't regret it. I consider myself an avid enjoyer of this establishment, and my experience here was nothing short of a tragic disaster. Olive Garden. Olive Garden. Yeah. Nicely done. Uh, yes. Yeah. I'm sad for that person. An yeah. avid enjoyer turned tragic disaster <laughs> yeah you know i do think about all the time what makes someone download yelp like what yeah. makes someone get to that point where they're like other people need to know and then they just get into it and obviously it's all uh garden in Times square tragic disaster I, I do a lot of yelp based comedy and a lot of people are like this is what drove me here and so if you're looking for it i've been so- through a lot of yelp reviews I don't really. Think, what the fuck is Yelp-based comedy? What exactly. did you say? <laughs> it's the it's the it's the OGTS to Yelp pipeline. You know what I'm saying? So that's yeah. you know, that's all it is. Love but it. There's a lot of really a lot of it's really just sad. They're like, I found a cockroach and they didn't do anything about it, and no one listened to me, and I called corporate and I can't get anybody on the phone. And like, honestly, I think my it made my mom sick, and like, we can't afford a lawyer, so the best I can do is downloading Yelp. And I'm like, oh. Where's the one about people throwing up in Port Authority? That's the funny stuff. Let's go back to that. 
Oh, yeah. no. Well, it is a way to give people's attention. I mean, if something like really bad is happening, like leaving him a Facebook review or something, that'll get him. Yeah. But also, I've never done that. <laughs> yeah. Wait, does, do, does anyone here have Yelp downloaded? Have you ever left a Yelp review? No. no. So we, I think that leaving Yelp reviews is like a very like white thing. It's a white woman um, thing. Yeah. It's a white woman thing. Yeah. Where like, I feel like like black people are like, man, that was trash. And then like, I hope no one else goes there. And then yeah. we're like kind of done, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or like mm-hmm. a friend will suggest that for dinner. Like we should go to Little Caesars. And you're like, Little Caesars? I ain't going to tell you why. I'm just going to say we're not doing it. All right, <laughs> boom. And then that's like the Yelp review, right? Whereas like white people will be like, well, okay, I'm going to cry. But last time I went there, <laughs> I had the worst service. And then they have a whole story. And then rather than having friends listen to that, they just yell it. And I bet they tell their friends too. And you know what I bet they also do is put it in their neighborhood um, Facebook group. Exactly. <laughs> that, well, that is actually, a white woman's playground. I used to work front of house at like a really big performing arts venue. And we had to go through all this training. And one thing they always said to us in training is like, if someone, if one person complains in person, there are three people who are not complaining to you, but complaining to their friends. That's like, mm. yes, that makes like sense to me. So, and it was also in Southern Indiana. So yeah, probably a lot of white people made sure they got that number from, but um, I always, I always think about that. Like if someone feels comfortable enough to come up and say something to you, then that means it probably was pretty bad. Yeah. Cause we do put a, a lot of people just put up with a lot. Yeah. I'm just mm-hmm. like, you know what, this wasn't great, but I'm not going to say anything. Cause I'm just, you know, going to enjoy the food. So yeah, you're right. We have Good one last Yelp review. This okay. person was pushed to the edge. Okay. Number 10. Yes, it's beautiful from the outside, though the decision to build from brownstone rather than something harder, marble, limestone, granite, has taken its toll. The elements have worn away many of the finer details, and the establishment has begun to look like a wedding cake left out in a gentle rain, dot, dot, dot. Oh, that's a church. (laughs) It's the Trinity Church in Manhattan. Can you imagine, though, if somebody referred to the Olive Garden as a wedding cake left out in a gentle rain? (laughs) Honestly, I kind of, that's like eloquent. You know what I mean? Very beautiful. It is beautiful. And he knows what he's talking about when it comes to the building as well. Like I would describe Queen Elizabeth in her later years as a wedding cake left out in the gentle rain. You know? (laughs) She's also like covered in frosting, those funky colors all the time. Exactly. You know, a lot of the the old marble and, and infrastructure just did not look the same and felt very worn out. But, you know. It was a shadow of the church that it used to be. <laughs> so true. But congrats. You did great on the game. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for playing. That was a awesome. Plus. Y'all, yeah. y'all have very creative games. And I really like enjoy that about y'all. Thank you. Well, I think we're like the well is drying up. So we need to <laughs> come up with more game ideas. No, it's great. It, yeah. Especially naming of the games. Yes. We, mm-hmm. Lots of pride in the names, I will say. Heaven Yelp Us is a strong one. Mm-hmm. It's a strong. Yeah, so we like to call it, when you tell people where to follow you, we call it passing the offertory plate. Mm-hmm. Um, so we would love to know if there's anything you would like to lift up to our followers. Well, you know, uh, I really appreciate y'all inviting me into your church home, okay? And, um, you know, I, as a guest, I would say if you if you want the word, 
that you know that I that I give. You can come on down to this guy Drex on Instagram. All right, that's where I that's where I reside mostly. That's my church home. But you can also find me on TikTok at this guy Drex, and you know you can follow at NYC is Dead Comedy for my end of the month show. What we do every last Thursday at the Gutter Bar in Brooklyn, Williamsburg. Okay, you know for some of the people who like to end up in Astoria for some reason. <laughs> And, uh, you know, I just really appreciate y'all with all your time that you gave me today. So thank you so much for that. Thank you for that. That was the best offertory plate passing we've ever had. Mm -hmm. Hey, I I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Gotta let that that Southern, you know, church person out. Yeah. 100%. Like you've been possessed. I would, I would also like to say, listeners, you should go to NYC is Dead. Very fun. Very fun show. Usually has a live band. It's a good time. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at the Becca Stevenson. You can follow me on TikTok and Twitter at the real underscore Becca. Um, and you can follow me, Sid King, at Sid period, the period King. You can on Instagram and TikTok. You can follow me on Twitter, but it's just me retweeting things so I can be entered into Broadway lotteries. And but do follow me on Letterboxd. Let's see, what did I see this week? Oh, I saw the invitation and it was so stupid. So let's talk about that. And uh, you can follow us, Good Girls Gone Sad, at Good Girls Gone Sad on Instagram and TikTok. You can also email us at any point in time with your Good Girl glossary entries or criticisms or thank yous um, at goodgirlsgonesad at gmail.com. You can also leave us a little review on Apple Podcasts and screenshot it and we'll mail you a sticker if you give us a mailing address. People keep doing it and not giving us a place to send the sticker. So if you want your sticker at any point in time, just let us know. And it's not because we want to stalk you or anything. We're not putting you in a list, but we don't know how to get you these stickers. Um, and beyond that, we just like to thank our DJ, our DJ. Uh, <laughs> our Lima. personal DJ. <laughs> our personal DJ, um, Luke Lima. You can find him at skip to my Luke underscore for creating our amazing intro and outro. And other than that, there's only one more thing to say. Jesus, Jesus wouldn't call people whores on the internet. On the internet. <laughs> that was our best unison yet (laughs) thank you so much for your vulnerability i appreciate you guys for having me this was so much fun we'd love to do it again and uh i'll see y'all soon yeah yeah let's genuinely see you at olive garden (laughs) 